going to continue our It's Complicated yes. Relationship Series. Um, we're really just sharing from the heart uh, mm -hmm. for the next few weeks. Uh, we have a point that we'd like to get to today to set us up for next week. We have a special treat for you on next good. week. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been really enjoying just kind of going through the basics. You know, one thing about teaching a message is you actually have to live it uh -huh. at the end of the service. So, yeah. uh, ooh, God bless you. God bless you. All right, Proverbs 4, 23. In the New King James, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. And last week we really dealt with the various words of keeping our heart, which is our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our desires, with all diligence or having discipline, keeping them contained, not letting them run all over the place. Because from our soul is where we experience and creates the experiences that we have in life. Uh, go with me now to Mark chapter 12, verse 28, which is a very familiar passage of Scripture in the New Testament, it's where we get what people call the golden rule. Mm -hmm. And in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, it says, One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. So they were having a long discourse concerning Holy Scripture. And he realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, <laughs> of all the commandments, which is the most important? Verse 29, Jesus replied, he said, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And what we're going to focus on is verse 31 today. It says the second is equally important. So equivalent to loving God, which is fundamental in living out what we say we believe, it's equally important, is that we love your neighbor, but here's the key, as yourself. And he says, no other commandment is greater than these. I think for the time that we're up here today, we really want to pose a question of, can we truly love others well? if we don't love ourselves well. And so we want to talk about, for the time that we're up here, what about my needs? What about my needs? And I really want to go back to, I don't know, when we first started dating and, and, and when we first started talking, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that was, oh, in the 2006. <laughs> 2006. Yeah. So, so it was a little while ago. It was a little while ago. And I remember um, the initial phase before we were officially official, right. exclusive, you know, the talking phase. Mm -hmm. uh, we we kind of kicked it off, you know, like, like you were feeling me, I could tell. You know, I always love how men tell the story because it's always a tad bit different, isn't it, ladies? It's always just got that something extra that never really happened, but continue. So as I continue the story, the, the, the correct version of how we got together, the correct version. Uh, there, there came a point in us talking, like when we first, like, you know, I first got your number, okay. cold hard game, I mean cold this hard, yes. cold hard, okay. undeniable. So I got her number, we started talking, we were talking for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was getting pretty serious because we were spending hours on yeah. the phone. Well, well, you know, nowadays the teens don't know anything about this, but we didn't have FaceTime or anything like that. 
We just had regular. Well, the cell phone was a thing. So and we, we had to wait. Phones. We had to wait until a certain until a hour time. when our minutes yes, were you free. Did. The minute, yep. I don't yep. know if you all remember otherwise your parents those archaic times. <laughs> you make a phone call for $1.47 a minute. You don't realize 20 minutes add that up sure at the does. end of a month. It sure does. So we had to wait until that time, but we were talking every, every night consistently, every night. and it was always that, are you asleep yet? No, I'm not asleep. I'm still awake. You, you sleep. You hang up. You hang up first, and you, then you end up snoring on the phone until you wake up in the morning, right? So, but I remember a time where we were talking, we were getting to know each other, it was great, it was, we were a couple weeks in, and I remember asking, I said, so what is this? Like, I'm like, what you mean? <laughs> like, what is what? this? Like, yes. you, you see, we're talking, we're together, we're on the phone. I mean, you like, I'm like here, you like there, you know, like we're, you know, I like you, you like me. And she was like, no, what is this? And I said, oh, yeah. she want me to define uh-huh. the relationship. I need a clarity. How many ladies, we, we need clarity, don't we? We need to know what this is. So I said, well, I like you. <laughs> you like me. One plus one is. <laughs> you know, then, then real mature me, I said, will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> Y'all want to know her, her response. She said, I guess. I guess. I'm like, what you mean you guess? Like, that needs to be, oh, my gosh, I've been waiting my whole life. I, wait. <laughs> I pray for someone like you. Oh, like, Lord. <laughs> you know, it started when we were younger. You were mine. You know what? My boo. Tribute to Usher. Shout out. So we brought that story up because it's actually still pretty relevant today is what we found out. We actually went on and did some research about this. So a 2022 study on the online dating site, Tinder. <laughs> oh, we brought like, Tinder to church, y'all Wait a minute y'all, now, y'all, which y'all, one about, uh, what do you know about Tinder? Where's this gonna go? So um, this online dating site, Tinder, indicated that young singles, specifically Gen Z, that's ranging what ages 18 to 25, I think, are embracing the term situationship as a valid relationship status. So single, dating, engaged, married, situationship. That's a new thing. What's that? So they went on to define, for those who are not familiar with this term, a situationship is an ongoing romantic liaison that lasts six or more months that one or both parties don't see as going anywhere. Mm. It's not associated with dating terms with clear meanings, and it's not giving a defined title such as boyfriend or girlfriend. But it's different. They say it's different than friends with benefits. Mm. What's that? (laughs) There's levels to this, right? I guess they said there's levels to this. So they said the difference is there's a kind of implicit understanding that there'll be no hard feelings if it doesn't work out. Ain't that the lie we tell ourselves? Mm-hmm. However, Gen Z's with this relationship status were found to have additional tension and strife. And one of the young people that were studied quoted, this was his quote, that within his two years situation Two years. Two years of situation shipping that Nothing seemed stable or peaceful, and it took a toll on his mental health. I know we started with Gen Z, but they had to learn that from somewhere. Well, 
So situationships didn't start with Gen Z because if we go back a little bit, y'all remember grandma's special friend. <laughs> My special friend? <laughs> you know, I hate to use your name, Larry. It's the first one I, I, I came up. I'm not talking about this Larry right here. I'm not talking about, <laughs> but y'all know Larry would come over and he'd be the one to fix the pipes. You know, Larry. Oh, no. Larry was grandma's friend. You know, if she needed, you know, she needed, she needed something. You know, you had a couple uncles, couple aunties that weren't your aunties. Mm -hmm. It then moved to. Bring it so there was a such thing as that's my play girlfriend, my playboy friend. That's right. That was the term play. And today we've got our work. work wife work husbands we 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 moving on in ain't I know, we I feel I feel a little tight <laughs> because there was this idea that there is safety and ambiguity yes but really it's true love that defines or brings clarity in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 we see this exemplified by God toward us and it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Before we made any move toward God, he clearly defined the bounds and the scope mm -hmm. of his love for us to either embrace or for us to shun. Now, before we move forward with new information, we want to kind of go back last week to make sure everybody's tracking with us um, before we move forward in new information. So last week, we talked about the basics of life's relationships, and we said the number one desire of most people in a relationship was, say it and put it in the comments, to, to be loved. loved, to be loved, just to be loved. <laughs> number, the number one fear of most people in relationships is rejection. All right, we're tracking well. And we then entered into the four primary emotional needs of every person. Mm -hmm. The first one we discussed was belonging. belonging. And this answers the question of, am I accepted without judgment for who I am? Mm. The next one we went over is identity. And identity answers the question, do you value me the way that I am? And so we all have an internal desire to be uniquely needed, and uniquely known. But as we continue now with number three of the four primary emotional needs of every person, number three, we're going to now look at stability. Everybody say, ooh. <laughs> stability answers the question, am I safe and secure? Will I be subjected to erratic or irrational behavior? And it's important because when you create a safe environment, and please write this down, when you create a safe environment, relationships flourish. Mm -hmm. And so we want this to be applicable to all facets of life and all relationships, that your goal is to create a safe environment. If we were on the job, we would say we want to have a safe culture. We want to have a place where people feel valued and people feel uh, accepted and welcomed. If we're talking about in a relationship, we want, it, we want both of us to have our unique identities. And we'll talk more about this to where um, what tends to happen is you end up losing yourself for the sake of love through a series of compromises. And in Exodus 34 and 6, go with me to Exodus 34 and 6. 
I want, to, I want us to see how God shows his ability to create stability for us. And it says, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. He says, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and unfailing faithfulness. These are characteristics that I believe that we should all possess within our relational capacities that we should be, and we see it again over and I believe, James, where we should be uh, slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger. This is something that was modeled to us by God because if we could just get honest just in our own lives, we've given God enough to be a little angry about. <laughs> we've given God enough to go ahead and just start all over and uh, create a whole new humanity, but he's slow to anger. It says that he's filled with unfailing love. Now, one thing about love, love doesn't always give you what you want. Amen. Love always provides what you need. Yes. When we say love, we're going to kind of clarify this a little bit. We don't mean be a doormat to people. And I think that's kind of where the church has gotten off a little bit on that definition of love. And even on creating a safe environment. We don't mean be passive. We don't mean suppress yourself. And I think that's where a lot of people get in trouble when they start looking at, well, I love this person. That means I'll do anything for that person, which means I will forego and neglect my needs. And I will tell you who's kind of the most, um, this group, of, this demographic is probably the most apt at doing this. And we don't think it's all bad are moms. Moms. How many of you know that there is a sacrifice in being a parent, just a parent in general? Moms, dads, whatever, it is a sacrifice. But here's the deal. When you are no good to yourself anymore, you don't even know who you are, you don't know if you're coming or going, you can't be a healthy mother figure to your child or a healthy wife to your husband. You just can't. And we get to a place where we have to look at the difference between codependency versus collaboration. See, all relationships can fall into the danger of codependency, where mm -hmm. I cannot function without you. I cannot, I'm sorry, all these songs are coming to my head. <laughs> was it another Usher song? No, it was not. <laughs> I know the words, I don't know the, the anyway. So codependency says, without you, mm -hmm. I can't survive. Yes. Collaboration says, I'm willing to do what it takes to help you thrive. Mm -hmm. And so even in relationships. And we're not just talking about romantic relationships. We're not, but I was going to, but go ahead. We're not talking about, but I, I want to stop a minute and talk about codependency even at work. Even like, you know, well, if you quit, I'm going to quit. If you would, y'all ever heard that? Toxic work environments. Well, if you go, I'm going. <laughs> but a lot of that is, I can't be here without you. You can't be here without me. See, that is unhealthy. That means the, the environment you in 
the total environment is unhealthy. The friendship is unhealthy. Whatever it is that it's like we, we got to go together, we can't go at all, that's unhealthy. So just, yeah. One of the primary uh, tests that we need to see on the validity or the strength of the relationship is, is our bond surrounded and fostered only by pain? Yes. Or is our bond fostered by purpose? Mm. Because often we may misconstrue a commitment for a trauma bond Ooh, or a friendship for a trauma bond yes. as a, as it relates to a connection and, uh -huh. and and whenever we continue to feed that type of a bond we end up not being able to tell who is there genuinely for me or who is there just using me mm -hmm. a lot of those relationships don't necessarily get shine the light on unless you get out of the situation so the, the, whatever environment you're in, that's what fosters the connection. Yeah. But once you leave the environment and you, get, you start to get healthy, then you realize, well, wait a minute, were, were we really that cool? Or <laughs> was we with each other because we were just trying to help each other cope? Yeah, a real friend wants to see you thrive and success regardless, regardless. as to whether of anything you could do for them. Mm -hmm. If our relationship is all based off of what you can do for me, we don't have a relationship. And so we wanna foster collaboration. And there's some quick tips that I wanna give you to help foster collaboration over co-dependency. Mm -hmm. The first thing that you wanna do in, with every person is understand that when we get into relationships, no matter what type it is, whether it's, for instance, let's just say you're looking for a brand new church home, but you've had some church experience, right? Mm -hmm. You're not, especially if the experience wasn't great, you're not just naturally going to say, oh, I can't wait to plug in, be a member, give all my money and serve all my time. No, you're coming and saying, let me sit back and I'm going to see what you about. All of us enter the various levels of relationship with a level of a wall or a barrier that's up. And this is especially true if you've been hurt. Yes. In your last relationship, your last church, your last friendship, whatever the case may be, um, you are, you're not quick to jump into another situation. <laughs> you looking like commit. Like, or commit. You're looking yeah. like, well, I got to see this out. Yes. So the first thing that you have to do with every person is, number one, respect their wall. Ooh. You've got to respect their wall. Wherever someone is, you have to respect where they are mm -hmm. without any pressure from you. If someone says, I'm not ready to enter into this relationship, you can't change that no matter how good you are. They're just not ready to not enter ready. into that. You have to respect yes. the wall. And can I say this? And there is no changing them, is there? Like, if someone is there, and I, I, I tend to hear women say this more than men, <laughs> Because we're not talking about our wall. It's there, but I'm not going to tell you until you run head first into it. Absolutely. It definitely is And then, there. oh, this thing. <laughs> this brick thing you just hit. Yes. But women, we tend to go, well, I know that about him, but, you know, I'll, I'll work with him. We'll work around it. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll get through this, knowing that the whole time there, there is a definite red flag. There is a wall. There is something there. <laughs> And I'm going to throw this out just for bonus tip here. If you get married and you know there's a red flag, you do not have too much to stand on about seeing that red flag post the wedding date. You said, Ooh. I do, knowing 
the red Everything. flags. Yep. So what you're saying is, I accept this till death do us part. Even if it never changes. Even yes. if it never changes. You're, you are literally on your wedding day saying, I am committing my life to you and to be the best version of myself yep. if you never, never change. Because you're standing there saying, till death, death do us part. Through better or worse. You got the right. Richer or poor. You got the right <laughs> wedding songs playing. I love officiating weddings and hearing like, what y'all, what y'all finna say to each other today? Oh, no. The Luther Vandross and play. You That's know. right. Here and now. Here and now. I, I promise, promise to, to love. love. Faithfully. <laughs> and then they start acting like you've always known them to act. And now we've got problems. But they were doing that the whole time we were together. So Amen. we had to respect, respect where people are. Respect the wall. The second thing you want to do to foster collaboration is commit to honor others. Preferring one another. Asking, what can I do? What, how can I be the best value add in this relationship? Because when we honor others, we see everyone as valuable. And, and unfortunately, we have lost the art of friendship in our most important relationships. What, what holds you long after the eros or the erotic love? Because the erotic love in romantic relationships, that can ebb and flow regardless as to what season of life mm -hmm. you are in. True. I'm going to be good. <laughs> but what holds you in the ebbs and flows is the commitment to be friends to each other. Yes. Yeah. Friendship is the greater good of every relationship. When you're, when you're even on the job, when you have, you understand there's levels to friendship, but you allow the relationship to hold you. Mm. It'll help you work through all types of conflict. It's true. The third thing we want to do is we want to suspend judgment. Mm, this might be tough. Another word for judgment is bias. In mm. all of us, have a level of bias at work at all times. And in your level of bias, what happens is there's only a certain number of factors that your brain can decipher between, uh, in between all of the millions of bits of information that come at it every second of the day. It can only, it can only decipher a small fraction. So the other parts that it can't decipher, it automatically assumes that this is how it is. This is what they meant. This is what I'm seeing. And we often have real emotions yes. associated with our quick assumptions. You know, I see this a lot in just male and female and how we interact. You know, we're wired differently. Women are just wired differently than men, whether that be a friendship, whether that be a romantic relationship, whatever. And how we handle things mm -hmm. looks very different. Um, Someone can say, hey, could you make sure this is done? And the way that I would approach it would totally be different than the way a man 100%. would approach it. But so, and what I had to learn very early on is how you handle conflict or how others handle conflict doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't handled. 
It just wasn't handled the way I wanted it to be handled. And so in those times, I've got to stop or limit my judgment to say, well, you didn't do that right. (laughs) No, they did. They did it how they do it. And you've got to be okay with how the other person is wired. You've got to be okay with that. And and that's hard. I think more, I don't know, it could be hard for men too, but I know for women it is hard to let someone else handle a situation. That's all of us. Yeah. That's all of us. Because we want to control outcomes. (laughs) A a human expression is controlling Mm -hmm. outcomes. We realize in our life that the only thing constant in life is change. So when we get an opportunity to control something, we would like to do just that. And it takes excellent humility, an excellent exercise of humility to say that I can do only what I can do. And I've got to trust God Mm -hmm. with the results and what happens from there. When you suspend judgment toward other people, whether it's your fellow church family or your own family or your colleagues, when you suspend judgment, you open the door to start praying. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to come down and condemn someone that you're praying for. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. You know, whenever I hear a laundry list of complaints about an individual, my follow-up question is, so when was the last time we prayed for that individual? And what happens is prayer often (laughs) doesn't change the other person. Uh -uh. It changes how you relate to the other person. Mm -hmm. Because God begins to work on your heart. You know, where there's a lot of judgment, there's really no empathy. And empathy is like the crux of every relationship, isn't it? That's the crux of relating to someone. Even when you don't understand, you can empathize with them. Um, it's like, I may not feel that way, but man, the fact that you feel that way, you begin to get their heart on a matter. And so this is where a lot of communication breakdown happens too, because there was just no empathy. One person saying something else, one person saying this, the lines are crossing, nobody's connecting, nobody's meeting. And then a fight ensues because all of us simple, we didn't come together to say, okay, what are you really saying? I, I'm, 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 I'm hearing you. I'm not always understanding, but help me to get your heart on the matter. You know, you talk with your heart. Did y'all know that? You talk with your heart. What's the scripture? I got a bunch of abundance them. of the heart. The Somebody just speaks. said the mouth speaks. Yeah. You really talk from your heart. And so whatever that has been going on emotionally inside of you, <laughs> it will come out. What do we say? The, the, the issues of life, they spring up. What? They escape out. Meaning... Yeah. Sometimes, I don't even mean to let you know that I was feeling that way, but that just came out. That's right. Which means it was in there. It was in there. Now, each marriage, each relationship is unique. It's based off of the individuals, based off the person. Whatever works for your house, when you consult scripture, you need to then put that in play for your house. And so, what I'm about to share is what works in my wife and I's house, and I don't live in your house, so I'm not trying to tell you how to run your house. No, no. I'm just telling you what we have seen that worked for us. And so in our marriage, my wife and I, instead of focusing on the man is supposed to do this and the wife is supposed to do this, we say, what do we need to get done as a family, and how can we move and shape ourselves in order for the family to move forward yeah. together? What we have seen and what we have um, observed, whenever I particularly find myself doing something that traditionally Mm -hmm. 
society has said the wife is supposed to be doing. Okay, so (laughs) what is that? Um, There was a time last year when um, we had just started this agreement. It was in January, and Asher had his first major like cold, like it was a real serious cold. Ashley was already scheduled to speak on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Asher's health, you know, we, I noticed that we couldn't just, you know, have him here in the back. He needed to be home. Mm-hmm. Ashley offered, Bay, I know I'm supposed to be up, but Asher's not feeling well, and I believe I need to stay home with him. You take it, and you minister on Sunday at church. And I realized in that moment, because there are often times where you, have, you are going to be confronted with your value system. And I value my family over what I do. And I said, you are already on the schedule to speak. You don't have to give that up because the Lord orchestrated our speaking schedule. He knew all of this would happen before today. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue to go forward with the schedule. You go speak. I'm going to stay home. Mm-hmm. And man, let me tell y'all. <laughs> I'm sure the empathy just went through the roof. <laughs> I said, you know, she got done with church. She said, oh, my gosh, we had a great time. It was a great day. We had... I said, if you don't get your butt home. <laughs> uh-huh. I said, I have been with this child for four hours. She said, yes, and I do that every day. And it gave me a new level of empathy for what I took for granted from what she does. Mm -hmm. So when you work together and you suspend judgment of what the other person's doing and you increase empathy, you then reserve from your two cents to say, how can I best help you in that? Yes. That was just a, you know, because in, in some homes, the husband is the, the one who, who stays home while the wife is the, the, the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what. Th- and I actually think that trend is becoming more, more popular, whether women are women are, women are beginning money. to out-earn mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. And listen, Lord, whatever you're doing in their house, <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to come home, Lord. While she goes out. <laughs> Whatever you're doing in this season, Jesus. Meanwhile, he'll be going home and going stir crazy. I'd, I'd definitely go stir yeah. crazy. But, but the point of sharing all of that is you have to find out what the other person is doing and put yourself in issues. That, that might mean on the job, you might need to, to, to shadow and to trail and just begin to see mm-hmm. the sacrifices that your fellow colleagues are making. You know, you realize this, this particular building is 57,510 square feet. Not that I'm counting, but this building is 57,510 square feet. When I come in every single day, this building is clean. Now, I thought that there probably were some leprechauns that come out the walls <laughs> and they sweep and they, they vacuum and they dust and they mop, but there's actual real people that do all of that stuff. And when you begin to see people and who they are, and this next one, you begin to value them, 
you begin to have a heart of compassion on what can we do to make life easier on you. The next thing that you want to do to foster collaboration is you want to value differences. Your way is not the way. No. In conflict, Mm -hmm. I bring my perspective to the equation. In conflict, she'll bring her perspective to the equation, but I will feel strongly about my position. But 1 Corinthians 13 says, we all see in part, we all know in part. And we need to bring all of our parts together to work toward resolution. And what happened is when we slow down from going off the handle just because someone disagrees with us. That's the part. The part is staying calm enough to have peace. Um, you may have a different opinion than someone else, but can you take the time to pray and have peace before you move forward? Most people are so impulsive. They feel it, they go. They feel it, they do. And it's just like, and the other person, meanwhile, is just getting dragged along with whatever you've got going on. But we've got to slow down enough to say, okay, I think my way is right. (laughs) I may think that. But let me slow down and hear out other parts and let me take the time time. You know, time can work in your favor if you let it. If you let it. We always think time is a bad, we're wasting time. No, time can be a lifesaver for you because you can end up going impulsively and doing the wrong thing and having to spend more time to get yourself out of the situation that you couldn't have been in if you just had waited in the first place and did the right thing, right? So take time. And if you don't have peace, don't move forward. That's the key. Have peace in the situation before you just then the last piece that we want to talk about with fostering collaboration, you need to be trustworthy. Ooh. Consistency is a superpower. Be trustworthy. One thing about me, my, my strength is that I am Mr. Consistent. Yes, he is. My weakness is that I'm Mr. Consistent. Mm-hmm. If it ain't broke, I'm not trying to fix it or anything. I. You are the, the what is it, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, I am slow and steady. Yes. I'm going to keep going down a particular path. I'm not going to be impulsive. And, but that the, the, the strength of not being impulsive is also the weakness is that I'm not spontaneous. You ain't supposed to not. Oh, you are. <laughs> I will say this. You're spontaneous when you need to be. So, amen. Amen. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. Well, let me just stop my face. It's Valentine's Day this week, or this week is what, it's a Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Is it Wednesday? So Show if you are is. married in here, you are engaged, you Ooh, are yes, dating Lord. seriously, take your spouse, your loved one out somewhere not. It don't got to be on Valentine's Day because, listen, we understand the hype is real. Absolutely. And, and I'm not paying, I'm not, I, and, and, and that's the frugal side of me. I'm not paying for the <laughs> same thing I could get either today or next weekend for half. I'm not doing that just to be yes. out with a bunch of folks. I'm not doing No, let's save that money. But don't let that be a reason you don't give a gift, okay? So do something. Do, do something. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> All right. Let me be good. I, I've been back. good. I've been good all yeah, day. Yeah, Let's back. talk about the fourth and, and, <laughs> and the final uh, primary emotional need that, that we want to look at today. And the fourth one is purpose. Yes. And this answers, what is the meaning of this relationship? I want to say this before and go with me to first John chapter three. I want to say this before we get into first John chapter three. 
The purpose of your relationships must have greater value than the pressures in the relationship. This is not just talking about romantic. This is talking about friendships, too. If your friendships are more toxic or more uh, burdensome, then they are valuable. We need to reevaluate some of our friendships. Yeah. But we have to define what is the purpose. The purpose. Purpose helps eliminate options. Purpose helps to streamline effort. Focus. And in 1 John chapter 3, verses 7 through 10, I love this because in verse 8, we see what Jesus' purpose was. But in verse 7, it says, Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. Verse 8, but when people keep on. Ooh, keep on. Keep, keep on. on. Keep on, sinning. We're not talking about being perfect. We're talking about patterns. Keep on sinning. And you could substitute sinning for whatever you want to talk. It could be cheating. It could be stealing. Keep on lying. Lying. Not, not, no. Keep on. Now, now, this one did say, if I was ever caught one time uh-huh. cheating, then what would happen? Oh, you'd die. Yeah. Yep. But. So. <laughs> that was a given, though. He knew that. <laughs> She from St. Louis. All right. Show me state. Yes. (laughs) But it says when they keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil Mm -hmm. who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. So that power, those habits that cause you to keep on doing what you know you shouldn't be doing. Jesus came to destroy the power and the effects of those habits. Mm. But then there's something that we need to do. Because those who, verse 9, those who have been born into God's family, those who have been born into God's family, Mm -hmm. do not make a practice of sin. It's not, it's not something that I am setting myself up mm-hmm. to habitually do because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning. Which this makes it a great foundation. You know, people say, oh, I just love you. Oh, we're in a relationship and whatever. And I'll just do whatever for the other person. Let me tell you, that's not going to keep you. Your spouse, your loved one, the people who, that's never going to keep you. The only person that can truly keep us is Jesus Christ himself. That is it. Because when I feel like acting a fool on you. You do. I have a higher power. Who would have thought? Amen. But if that higher power is not there, then nothing is stopping me. I have no foundation for doing what I want to do, for acting out how I want to act, for whatever. Because I have no one I'm submitted to. And so this, this is why when it talks about the, the first commandment is to love the Lord your God. That is true. I am to love the Lord more than I'm to love him. Amen. Because when we get into it, who's going to keep me is the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. <laughs> I love this. I'm getting flashbacks. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> All right, because the life of God is in them, so they can't keep on sinning because yes. they are children of God. Verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God mm-hmm. and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Mm. So what we have to have, and what I love in 1 John 3, 7 through 10, are parameters to help ascertain where someone is yep. in their walk with the Lord. You know, there's a lot of, you know, fighting about, you know, is it once saved? Is it always saved? You know, is it, is it this? A lot of these theological debates can all be boiled down to this. If it does not bother you to do wrong, then you don't want to be in the relationship. That goes for every relationship. For every, if, it, if it does not eat you alive, there's no conscience there. There's no... Because Fantasia once said, oh my if gosh. you don't want me, then don't talk to me. <laughs> Go ahead and free, free yourself. yourself. That is sure what she said. But it's true. If, if, if I don't care about stepping out on you, I don't care about breaking your trust, I don't care about lying to you. I'm intentionally deceiving you. I'm not being honest. Do I really want to be in the relationship? I'm intentionally keeping stuff from you. You know, sometimes we can, um, <laughs> Andy always says we offer up lies. And sometimes we do offer up a lie. But sometimes we omit. And that's just as bad, y'all. You know, deception could be um, I tell you a lie. Or deception could be I'm not showing you the whole truth. That's right. But either way it goes, it's still deceiving. And, and who we are at home, that's what shows up to the real world. Like in, in our home, we have ultimate transparency. We can access each other's devices, phones. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why, but my, my social media comes to her phone. Yes, it does. I, I need to get that off. You are too social for me. <laughs> my phone just be going. What? <laughs> but that same transparency around the house shows up at the church. Mm-hmm. Shows up in my leadership meetings. Shows yes. up when we're having, we're very honest, direct. There's a safety that we have to be ourselves without judgment. Mm-hmm. This is why we endeavor to share with our church everything. Because I don't want y'all guessing, and I'm not trying to be on no shade room, you know, with y'all trying to figure out That's what's real. going on the at the church. Yeah. I don't have time. See, sin only has power where there's secrets. Yes, in every relationship. In every relationship. And so I just don't want to have a life where there's any secrets whatsoever. I want to be open. I want to be honest. It allows me to be accountable, especially to my wife in this day and age. Because (laughs) I'm trying to push your own out there. She is. She is. <laughs> Man. Um, historically, church has put the onus on 
male sexual purity on what the woman does or doesn't do. So lap cloths were created so that a woman who is not wearing a certain dress Mm -hmm. at a certain size or or the skirts need to be to the ankle, no, ankle, (laughs) cover the ankle, so that it does not entice the man Mm -hmm. to trip. If a man gets turned on by some ankles, we got deeper issues. There's, there's a whole <laughs> type of conversation we need to have about what is your ankle bone fetish. <laughs> we, we need to talk about that. But, but even now, because, you know, and I, I'm not, I, I wear tights with the best of them. I got some on now. Tights Glory the things, to the you know, Lord. And, but it's true. We're, we're in a tight society. You're going to see them everywhere you go. Everywhere. Everywhere. And we, you know, in Atlanta, you see probably more than the average bear um, in different uh, in different states. And it's getting summertime, so I can't amen. Wait. Skies out, thighs out. I know what they say. They're about to see a whole bunch Listen, of that this at summer. At home, you keep them thighs out. Okay. <laughs> but I, that's all I'm saying about I that. Make my, I gotta make my point. Need to. Amen. Go ahead, continue. Amen. So, what I was trying to say. Is that when gentlemen are out and about, it is vital that you covenant with your own eyes. That's right. Because we can't control what other people have on, what they wear, how their body looks in it. We just, we just can't control that. And then I, there's another lie here that ladies don't know how it looks. Ladies, we know how it looked. When we left that house, we knew how that outfit looked and laid, and we did. And we knew the stairs we were going to get. Yes, we do. But if you're a man, we have to, you have to covenant with your eyes that I'm not going to. I don't care if the biggest booty in Atlanta just walked across me. I am not going to. You know to how look. your wife goes, don't you see that over there? Like, no, man, that's crazy. <laughs> I was telling, because, listen. Well, that's... I, think, I think I told some ladies, I said, honey, they be so big. I'll be like, dang, what is happening? So, you know, I like... <laughs> <laughs> because it's out here, right? It is out here. It is in your face. And so you've really got to be active about not even going down that road. So, and I've seen married, I have seen married, I've stood in Starbucks lines watching married men just look, just, just. When, when I was in teen ministry, this is how I actually chose whether or not men could serve in the youth ministry, is when I watched their eyes when young girls walked by. If they had excellent eye discipline, I knew I wanted to keep him around. If they didn't, I would tell them, you need to go on there and be an usher. Y'all all, you know. (laughs) But to Ashley's point, and really the purpose of bringing up this very colorful illustration, (laughs) it's not on anyone else for you to be pure. Yes. That is you. Own it. You own it you and make a decision that I will not look upon another person to in my mind commit adultery mm-hmm. that, that's, that's the biblical standard of purity and it's, it's takes the grace of God men, it takes the grace of God because we are naturally visual creatures back in the day you used to have to go hunt to find something now they're hunting you with yes. that something. I mean, the stuff that it's you get here. easy access to that 
20, 30, 40 years ago, you would have to go to the local drugstore and somebody would have to sneak and get a copy and rip the plastic off. Not that I know anything about that. <laughs> the temptation is there, so you have to make all the more decisions to live open and honest because the spirit is always willing, but the flesh is weak. And we have to be committed to our purpose of each relationship and our purpose in our relationship with God so that when we are, when we are, when we are tempted, and I'm not saying that it, it might, no, no, every day you have an opportunity for your mind to wonder. Absolutely. And you have to be accountable mm -hmm. in order to do that and that. And it doesn't change after you say I do. You know, the same person you said before I do is, is who you are after I do. So you, if you was butt watching before, you're going to butt watch after. That ring is not going to change the integrity that you have, the character that you have. And so that's something that you start well before you hit the, the aisle. Amen. Amen. Let's put a pause. Let's, we're going to yes. go home. Let's go home. Let's go home, y'all. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We're, we're, we'll next week pick up on the truth about boundaries. Yes. And what are boundaries and what, are, what aren't boundaries. Uh, that'll be on next week. Just please join us on your feet today. Thank y'all for <laughs> being engaged. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We could just have a moment just where we're just all closing our eyes just before the Lord. Just in a moment of prayer. So much has been said, and, and what I love about God, Philippians 4:19, where it says that my God shall supply all of your needs. Mm -hmm. No human person can be everything mm -hmm. that you need them to be but God can be more than you could ever ask him to be. And it's important for us to really solidify that God, me and you, we need to have a fresh relationship. We need to have an open and honest relationship. You need to tell God the truth. It's not like he doesn't know. But practice being honest with how you, how you feel in the moment. It's not a sin to speak the truth of how you're feeling. In fact, it keeps you out of sin because as you confess it, his grace is there to help to heal and to deliver. I just want to give a couple of invitations. First and foremost, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, today is the day. If you're not sure, I want you to be sure because this grace that is here to help us to live a godly life on this world, in this world, it's only available through receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So if that's you in here and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior or you're watching online or you aren't sure and you want to be sure, just with every head bowed and every eye closed, just slip your hand up so I know who I'm praying with and for on today. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. And as you're watching online, just simply place in the comments, I need prayer. 
member of our team will follow up right there with you to find out specifically how we could get in prayer. Second commit or the second invitation. Some of us have been going through the motions in our walk with God. But just it's been feeling plain, mundane. And you're like, Lord, I, I, I want to recommit myself to your way and your will for my life. If that's you today, just slip your hand up so I know who I'm praying with and for. God bless you. I see that hand. Amen. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. We're going to take care of both invitations right here. I want everybody to repeat this prayer to me for those who raise their hand to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior to be sure. Repeat after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died for me, carried my sins to the grave. I believe he raised from the dead. He's alive right now. I ask you, Lord, come into my heart and change me now. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that I am born again. Father, for every person who has lifted their hand to you, to commit afresh to your will and to your way. Lord, I ask that your grace is there to help, to hold, to minister. Lord, as they're walking through this life, continue to remind them of your love for them. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. We'll pick up on next week if it's your first time here at the outlet my wife and I will be we're going to be in the front and so we're going to hang out shake hands with everybody um, God bless you all we have more information that's uh, coming you know this was a surprise to my husband but before we get off the stage I want to do this so Wednesday last Wednesday my husband celebrated a Thursday. birthday. Was it Thursday? Lord it Jesus. It was the 8th. Whatever day it was, it was the 8th. I think I think about Valentine's Day. I'm all messed up. February the 8th, my husband celebrated a birthday. And, you know, we did something special for him, being yes, Asher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Amen. <laughs> but I would like, just for our church family, if you could join me in singing my very wonderful husband a happy birthday. Would you all do us the honors of that? Do the me, me, me. <laughs> Just that, get your vocal cords ready. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Thank you. Thank you all so much. And, you know, all this week, you all have been showering me with love and gifts and cards and texts and phone calls. So uh, you all have truly made it a very special weekend. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, you, you, you all right with me. All right. But uh, now we can...
going. So God bless you. We'll see you out in the front. Shake your hand. We love y'all. Thank y'all for being here today. Happy birthday, sir. All right, church, I have a few announcements. I promise you we will get you home before the Super Bowl starts. All right? So first of all, child dedication next Sunday, February 18th. If you need more information, connect with us. You can connect with us in the Church Center app. I'll mention how to do that in just a moment. Water baptism is in two weeks, February 25th. Same thing. Connect with us there. We'll be glad to assist. Now, we want to get the ladies connected to our women's group, The Well. So if you're not connected, that's right. Show some love, ladies. What's up? So we want to get you connected. So there should be a QR code. Connect via that QR code. We would love to have you. Love to see you in the group. If you want to find out more, the information is there. That's a survey for you. Also, if you don't get that code, please, you can um, text the, our phone number, 770-667-4899. There will be a link that will be sent to you to get more information. Um, for those of you that attend online, what's up, Camera 2? For those of you that attend online, um, we encourage you to connect with your community and make sure that you serve where you are. So we'd love to hear more about that from you. We want to get you connected. And also, now we have an online info card in the Church Center app on the homepage. So on that homepage, you can click there. If you want to share your information, if you want to get connected with us for all of your needs, right? Prayer requests, dedications, baptisms, or however we can serve, connect with us there. The last thing, so the outlet men, there's a chat going on in Church Center right now asking you, um, you know, what team is going to win the Super Bowl today? I know the Lions aren't playing, so you can't pick them. I know it's a little shade. It's all right. But Kansas City, San Francisco, jump in that chat. Jump in the Church Center chat and let me know who you, let me know who you think is going to win. And then finally, um, all other happenings that are going on, all, the, all other announcements, they're in Church Center as well. Let's go home, y'all. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Shalom, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. May the favor of God go before you. This shall be the best week of your life. Doors that need to be closed will be closed. Doors that need to be open will be open. Until the next time we meet, the angels of God watch over you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. Wow, that was an amazing service. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. And with this being the season of being thankful, we just pray that you are able to spend quality time with your friends and family and talk about how thankful and blessed you and we are.